Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. So today we're in John chapter 15. And before we go there, let's go to God in prayer. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the many blessings. You've been most gracious and kind. And Holy Spirit, I just pray that during this time as we read your word, you'd open our hearts and our minds. You'd open our spirits to you. And that you would be the one that we talk to, that we hear from. It'd be from you that we gain wisdom and knowledge. Nothing from me. Everything from you. I just thank you, Father. I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, let's see. Here in chapter 15, it's a, it's a pretty impactful one. It's the concept of the Father pruning the, uh, the vine and the branches. Also, the fact that the world is going to hate us because we are light and the world doesn't like their, they don't like their, their shortcomings pointed out. I know I don't. And then lastly, it'll again, there's the promise of the Holy Spirit being provided to us. So with that, um, I was just quickly looking at earlier in the day, um, and I was looking at something from Charles Spurgeon, and it, it really encapsulated where I'm at kind of for the day, or where I'm at just mentally. He wrote, I felt today after, after a very weary and in some respects a very sorrowful week, as if I could not preach tonight, or that if I did stand up to speak, it must be upon some very easy and simple theme. And at the same time, it must be some great subject, which would, be, which would give me plenty of sea room. I think the text I have read to you fulfills both these conditions. And the text that he focused on is, Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. It's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm tired. There's been a lot going on, a lot of stress. And so what I, if you'll, if you'll bear with me, what I'd really like to just do today for the most part is just, let's just read the word and, uh, let's go from there. Let God inspire us and, uh, we'll just take it from there. So verse 15, chapter one, I'm sorry, chapter 15, verse one, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Right there, that really struck me because I've always heard about that, but I didn't really remember that it was God doing the pruning. I always remembered, oh yes, the vine gets pruned and all that good stuff, but I had forgotten that it was actually God doing the work. That he was doing the work, he was choosing the right vines and the right, the right stems and the branches and whatnot. Verse 3. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in, in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. 
I know that's extremely true just in my own walk and just in a podcast. If I'm walking with God, seeking him and have the right heart and I'm staying with him, lots and lots of people listen to this and it's a actually useful podcast. If I am absorbed in myself and worrying about my own things, it tends to be the, the broadcasts that don't get anything. Maybe there's just, you know, a few people listen and go. You can really see where God is bringing it out to people that it will impact. But if there, it's just me talking, there's no impact there. Verse 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. I think it's it's awesome that it's all about he's trying to make it so that so that your joy may be complete. All of it is the final the final step or the final culmination is that our joy is complete. Um let's see. Let's go back to verse 12. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no no one than this to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I've made known to you. You did not, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you, you ask in my father's name, will, my father will give to you. This is my command. Love each other. Verse 18. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belonged to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they would also obey yours. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father as well. If I had not done among them the works no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. As it is, they have seen, and yet they have hated both me and my father. But this is to fulfill what is written in their law. They hated me without reason. Verse 26. When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you, whom I will send to you, from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning.
Charles Spurgeon, like I had mentioned, he focused on greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Charles writes, you cannot be right in the rest unless you think rightly of him. If you have any question about that great truth, you will have your brain more or less muddled concerning every other doctrine in the word of God. And I would take this doctrine, just as I would the doctrine of justification by faith, as being the test of standing or falling church and of a God-sent ministry. You see, he's talking about the doctrine of redemption, and it's the, through Christ. He also puts out, he has some other um, comments. Yet, brothers and sisters, there are other aspects of the death of Christ besides the one I have mentioned. In a Christian's eyes, should see both the greater objects and also the smaller ones. I am always glad that a painter does not merely give us the foreground of his picture, but gives us the background too. And even when his painting is a portrait, and he desires to have all our attention fixed upon the portrait, yet he does not neglect the little accessories of the picture. They may be unimportant, but if they are properly painted, they will not distract attention from the main subject of the picture, but will rather help to point it out. Now the death of Christ was the greatest possible display of the love of God to men. Never before or never forget that it was not merely infinite justice that blazed forth from the cross, but also infinite affection. Indeed, the cross displayed all the attributes of God, and they can still be plainly perceived by those whose eyes have been divinely opened. God revealed himself there through the dying Savior in a wonderful way. If I may use such an image, and I think I may, through the smoked glass of the humanity of Christ, the deity of God in all its fullness can be better seen by us than if we could, with our own naked eyes, gaze upon the excessive brightness of that glory. You see, he's really focusing on the, the big act was the act of salvation, of redemption. But also the bigger act, or just a, a, another act that needs to be included but is often not, is the demonstration of affection. God loved us so much he died for us. What does that mean to us? Yes, there's the doctrine of justification or redemption, but there's also the doctrine of love. And Jesus is trying to remind us to love one another because there's no other greater love than to lay down our life for another. With that, let's just go back to God in prayer. Lord, thank you for today and thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, please speak to us. Speak to our hearts, our minds, and our spirits. Our hearts, may they be open. I pray that they would be receptive of your word. Nothing from me, everything from you, and may you be the one who guides us. I thank you for all you've done. I thank you for this time. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.